Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to Eco Chic, a podcast all about practical science and sustainability. I am so excited to welcome you to episode 34 because it's the first episode of December, which I think is a really exciting time to be thinking about sustainability and climate change and just being really conscious with our purchases and things of the sort. Um, But I'm also really excited about episode 34 because I feel like it's getting close to episode 50. And I know it's still like after this, it's going to be 15 episodes away, but I'm just like getting really excited about it. Um, which I know like I'm getting just too excited too early, but I feel really proud of like where this podcast is going and that we've been sticking with it for so long and every week I feel like we get better and better. And this week on Eco Chic, I'm really excited to be talking about something that we haven't really touched on yet on the podcast and that is clean beauty. The idea of clean beauty is something that's really intriguing to me from not only a sustainability perspective, but also just like a personal health and wellness perspective. So I am really conscious of skincare. That's something that I'm personally like a crazy person about. Just making sure that my skin is always protected with sunscreen and making sure that I have like a full nighttime routine, especially because I'm living in the desert right now. Um, So that's something that I'm just like personally really on top of. And I'm always listening to podcasts and reading things and trying to just educate myself on what is going into my body and what's being absorbed. And um, I think it's something to really notice that our body is our largest organ. So it's important to think about what we're putting on it. But beyond skincare, we can also think about other personal care items. Like today, my friend Hallie and I are talking about things like aluminum-free deodorants, but also mascaras and other beauty products of that sort. So there's so, so many topics that we can get into under the topic of clean beauty. And I feel like today was a really, really good intro to what that whole realm is all about. So like I just mentioned, today I'm speaking with my friend Hallie. Hallie is actually in the pharmaceutical industry, which is really exciting because she can talk about clean beauty from a chemistry type perspective, which is really, really helpful in this scenario. But she is also a consultant for Beauty Counter, which is a B Corp natural beauty company. Um, And they make different makeup items and skincare items and things of the sort. So Hallie is really, really educated on being able to talk about clean beauty, both from the scientific perspective and also just like the beauty counter perspective. So I'm so thankful that she was able to join me and introduce y'all to the topic of clean beauty. I also have to say that the reason that I know Hallie is because she grew up with my friend Elizabeth. And Elizabeth is one of those people who she's very right place, right time. She is such a hustler. She's brilliant. And she's really someone who is just such a light. So thank you so much, Elizabeth, for putting Hallie and I together. But also, I would like to encourage everyone else to think about the connections you can make in your life and how you can just really serve as a resource for your friends and your family on the topics that you're an expert in. Or if there's someone you know that is struggling with a particular issue, if you could put them in touch with someone who's already been there, done that. Like, I know personally, a lot of my students who are trying to get into med school, like I didn't get into med school, I didn't apply for med school, I don't know what that process is like, but I love to connect them with my friends who are in med school. 
You know what I mean? So it's one of those things that if you can put people in contact with mentors to help them grow and just learn a little bit from someone who's already had a personal experience in that industry, I would really encourage all of y'all to do that because that's something that I have really fallen into this year. and something I'm really thankful that I've picked up as a skill and as a habit, just making sure that I'm really connecting the other people in my life. So thank you, Elizabeth, for putting Hallie and I together. And I encourage all y'all to continue to do the same. And on that topic, I will get into today's episode with Hallie, all about clean beauty. Hi, Hallie. How are you? I'm great. How are you, Laura? I am doing really, really well. I'm so excited to be talking to you today for Eco Chic, all about clean beauty and clean skincare. Me too. I'm so excited. I think the two intertwine so much, um, you know, between clean beauty, I mean, whatever you're into, and then sustain sustainability, you know. Oh, absolutely. Before we get started and get into our conversation, because I'm ready to like do a really deep dive, picking your brain about all of these things. Yeah. Um, could you go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience, anyone who might not be familiar with you? Yes. Okay. So I'm Hallie Beeler. I um, full-time am a pharmaceutical rep, but on the side, I have my own clean beauty, clean skincare, clean personal products, um, whatever you want to call it, blog called Sierra Sublimite, uh, which is French for safe sublimity, you know, just focusing on safe products that people can use on their skin and not have to worry about potentially harmful ingredients. And then also just really trying to educate people on the lack of uh, regulation in the personal care product industry. That is a really great little synopsis of who you are. So tell me a little bit about like what got you interested even in starting your personal blog on clean skincare and clean beauty and sustainability. Was there any sort of like big event that kind of um, woke you up a little bit to the idea of clean skincare and clean beauty? Yeah, I would say there were a few, I guess. I mean, just hearing about it on social media, I guess, originally, um, and then I had my grandpa died of lung cancer, never smoked a day in his life. He grew up, him and his, a bunch of his siblings and his parents, uh, for the most part, have all had cancer or died from cancer, and they grew up around factory where they were dumping chemicals. I mean, we don't have any proof that there was a link to that, but I mean, everybody in their family and so many of their um, old neighbors have again, had cancer or have passed from it. And um, also, I mean, I grew up in Greensboro, North Carolina. There's been a few younger teens, 20s that have had cancer or different types of cancers. Um, and then from there, or I found out about Beauty Counter, um, which I'm now a consultant for them. I'm coming up on two years in March, which Beauty Counter is skincare and makeup line that uses direct sales. I'm going to you know, say non-MLM or pyramid scheme, but direct sales to promote non-toxic, safe skincare and makeup. So I got into that. And then shortly after that, one of my best friends found out that she or she was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma and her doctors told her that it wasn't anything genetic. It was most likely from environmental factors. So from anything in the air to things she put on her body, I, I think at that point it really became like... I was very into it, but at that point, when it's someone that you're so close to, it's it becomes more real that that could be that could be you. Oh wow, yeah, no, that's a really powerful experience, and I feel like I haven't um, I haven't personally known anyone who has been diagnosed with someone that has been linked to environmental factors. 
I feel like I've heard a lot about it and I feel like it's definitely something that is, um, I mean, I don't have the statistics on it. I don't want to say that it's on the rise, but it's something that I'm hearing about more prevalently. So I'm really glad that you can kind of like make that link between just just what you put into your body and like what you're absorbing and what you're exposing yourself to. There are some things that you have no control over, just like based on where you live and um, what kind of pollutants are near you or whatever it might be. But when it comes to like skincare and beauty, you totally have control over what is being absorbed into your body. So I think that's a really, really great um, little, you know, like connection. Yeah. And to get into the statistics, like you said, uh, one that always, that I always tell people like 40 years ago, one in 20 women were diagnosed with breast cancer and now today it's one in eight so that just you know gives you some sort of idea oh yeah no I think that's a really um I'm glad that you brought up the statistic of breast cancer because I feel like bringing it back to the conversation of like beauty and skincare and other products that we're putting onto our bodies the one natural beauty product that I have been like really aggressive about not bending on for a couple years now has been an aluminum free deodorant like just a really clean you know like something that just doesn't have aluminum in it something that you're not absorbing directly onto you know like your armpits have a lot of nodes that are connected to your breast tissue and there is a lot of research that's connecting deodorant and breast cancer and I was kind of just like Honestly, it was something that never crossed my mind. And at one point, I want to say it was like my freshman year of college. I went to a CVS to buy some like just to like buy something else random. And I had a deodorant in my cart. And this woman from the beauty section of CVS was like, please let me break this down for you. And like why you cannot be using this anymore. And she was just like such a wealth of knowledge. And it was something that like kind of it honestly like just really shook me. Like it was something that just like stuck with me. So for that reason, I always feel like deodorant is such an easy Um, self-care item to make sure that you're buying natural yes it Um, really is it really is and I was wondering if there's any other like big ticket items I guess maybe big ticket is not the word because that I feel like has a connotation of you know expensive but I mean like just an easy item to get into um, in your self-care routine when it comes to just basic natural like cruelty free whatever it might be when it comes to beauty I would say in terms of I guess beauty if you use body lotion, that's going to be a big one for you. I don't really use a lot of body lo- I probably should in the winter months, but, uh, I mean, your skin is your largest your largest organ. I mean, you have, there's a ton of surface area with it. So, you know, whatever you're putting the most of on your body, I would say that's going to be, as you said, your big ticket item that you're going to want to switch. Another thing, not really beauty or skincare, but tampons. Oh, yeah. Your, that's your vagina's one of the most absorbent, if not the most absorbent uh, part of your body. And regular tampons that you buy at the store, they're going to have all sorts of ingredients. They have bleach in them. I think that's a big thing you can switch. Um, Cora and Lola are two good brands. I know there's another, uh, I think it's like L, I think it's called L at Target. They have organic cotton, free of chemicals, things like that. For your face, I would say mascara is a big one. Ooh, I would never yeah. think about natural mascara. Why is that? Like, let's get into that. Because I'm still using, like, a basic, the same CoverGirl mascara that I've been using since middle school, so. Yeah, I think that it's tar they use. I want to say it's, like, coal tar they use in normal mascaras. But uh, I think just really since it's so close to your eyelids, it's just a big irritant. And especially when you're, like, taking your makeup off, too, it's just right there around your eyes. 
No, that makes total sense. That really does make sense because your eyes are also incredibly absorbent. Like think about, you know, just how irritated your eyes might get if you're like walking in a really polluted area or um, just things like that. So that makes total sense that mascara is something to be concerned about. Yeah, I just, I looked at my notes, um, like cold tarred (laughs) eyes, uh, formaldehyde, parabens, parabens are used for preserving, but don't need those. Like I promise I could name a ton of good mascaras, but yeah just really gross thinking about that near your eyes you know no yeah now that you're pointing it out that's like pretty gross and I'm kind of disappointed in myself for not making that connection before (laughs) honestly well and the thing is there's so many affordable like backing up for me I like to focus on clean products and that's going to be different than natural for me because and this is just what you personally believe in some people are for the all-natural approach no chemicals at all I personally believe there are some synthetic chemicals that aren't toxic for us and can be like a good alternative to natural ingredients. I mean, poison ivy is natural, but that's harmful for us. Some people use products that are coming from endangered plants like sandalwood or even like animal byproducts if you're vegan in that sense. Mm-hmm. And truly like a lot of there's a lot of like safe or synthetic safe chemicals that are also safe for the planet they're sustainable cruelty free and another important again it depends on who the person is and what they believe but a lot of natural ingredients can be susceptible to climate and environmental changes which can reduce efficacy and that's like a big deterrent for some people for clean products or natural products like now we have a lot of brands that are high performing and high in efficacy but those developed because there was a lack of efficacy in natural or clean products in the past my personally like clean products in the sense that i believe there are some safe synthetic or synthetically derived ingredients for beauty and skincare okay i'm really glad that you said that because i was going to ask you about some different labels that we associate with beauty products so you said um you look for clean beauty and i think that i really resonate with what you said about like there are definitely some synthetic compounds that are safe for people and are environmentally friendly we're living in a time where i mean as a scientist myself i feel like we do have to kind of acknowledge that we're limited in the natural resources we have and in order to you know avoid things like sandalwood um like animal cruelty like you know just other environmental stressors i guess in a sense um we do kind of have to embrace that idea of synthetic compounds but that's just like totally me that's totally personal So cruelty-free is just what we're associating with, like, a vegan lifestyle. So something that is just, like, totally not tested and not harming on animals at all, just, like, as a background. And then the difference between natural and clean would be, like, clean is including those synthetic compounds that we're talking about, yeah? Yeah, the safe ones. Okay, okay, great. I'm really glad that we clarified that because I feel like that's something that really intimidates me when I'm looking into new beauty products is like the labels associated with everything. Yes, totally. Another, like, just I just thought of another example between like clean and natural. Mm-hmm. There's a brand, Biosense, they're one of the leaders in the industry. They highlight squalane, which people in the past have been killing sharks mm-hmm. for the the squalane in their livers and biosense synthetically create squalane from plants 
in in lab, uh, but they're doing it sustainably and resourcefully, and they donate and they save so many sharks every year. I don't know. It's just it's like stories like that or brands with stories like that that really make me believe more so in clean than natural. But I don't want to deter anyone from what they believe because if you believe in natural beauty or natural skincare, natural products, that's totally fine too. I think that's a really interesting example of making compound that's hard to find in nature or like something that's kind of detrimental to acquire and then just making it in a lab and making it really sustainable. I think that's a really great move. Speaking of sustainability, something that I think about a lot is trash and waste and just like trying to minimize my waste personally as much as I can. And I was wondering if we could talk a little bit about like expiration dates and the right way to dispose of makeup products or beauty products. Um, I know that's a little bit random, but I think about it a lot just in the sense of like, I have a big bag of things that I don't necessarily use every day, you know, just like heavy blue eyeshadows and, um, you know, just things like that. Like, how do you get rid of beauty products? So on the back of products, there's going to be like a little, uh, it's like a little icon that's like a jar, mm-hmm. and then it'll say like a number and then M, and that's going to be, that's going to be like the expiration from when you open it. I'm looking at a product and it says 12M on the, that little jar, and that means it's it expires in 12 months from when you open it. I think next to that, if it's recyclable, there's going to be that little recycling triangle. You might be able to talk more to this. I'm looking at one that has the recycling triangle with a four in it. Mm-hmm. Do you know anything about that? I assume the four must be the kind of plastic. The most that I know about it, um, like there's some companies that are B Corps within the clean beauty industry. I know Beauty Counter is one. I'm pretty sure Bioscience is another one where they create. I mean, they have like a, to be considered a B Corp you're having to meet the highest standards of like verified social and environmental performance, a certain amount of like public transparency in what you're including. And there's like a legal accountability component to balancing profit and purpose. But I know within the sustainability part of that, the package has to be sourced sustainably. So I think, and I think that all the product containers or packaging that all has to be recyclable. I just put those products in my recycling bin and then I guess it just ships off. But I guess like, you know, I don't know how much in the recycling plants, how much water they're using to rinse off the products. Right, right, right. I don't know. There's so much that goes into it. No, I'm glad that you um, talked a little bit about B Corp because that's something that I'm also just interested in. And I know that um, Beauty Counter is a B Corp. Um, corporation and I'm so glad that you talked about just the idea of sustainably sourcing packaging and materials and things like that because I feel like for some reason the like delivery mechanism for a lot of beauty and skincare products is not necessarily something that we think about a whole lot especially when it comes to packaging I'm so glad you talked about the icons because I just pulled out a little um a liquid eyeshadow and it has a little jar on it and it said 12 months and I've never even noticed the little expiration date so I'm so glad that you said that yeah yeah I think if there's I'm looking at other ones there's I think if it's recyclable it'll have that little recycling thing on it awesome I'm glad that you kind of touched on that no you brought it up that's (laughs) perfect Um, So what are some like really easy ways to kind of switching over to like skincare more specifically, some easy ways to think about sustainability and clean beauty when it comes to skincare? Yeah. So really you're going to, I mean, there's going to be a 
there's a long list of um, ingredients that you're not going to want to use. Um, I would say the big ones, parabens. So that's going to include like methylparaben, isobutylparaben, propylparaben, and there's others. But if it has that like ending, mm-hmm. you don't want that. Basically, parabens are going to be endocrine disruptors, which are going to alter hormone mechanisms in your body can even disrupt like or cause infertility things like that are not normal you know and endocrine disruptors in themselves can be an irritant to your skin phthalates are another one uh you know p-h-t-h-a-l-a-t-e-s that's another one that you're going to want to stay away from um that's another endocrine disruptor that's going to be like dbp t-e-h-p and d-e-p you know, that's how you're going to recognize it on a label. PEGs or polyethylene glycol. That's widely used in cosmetics as like a thickener, solvent, softener, or moisture carrier known to be carcinogens. Another one that's kind of controversial in the, you know, clean beauty, just the beauty industry as a whole is retinopalmity and retinol. If you're into retinol and that for anti-aging products, I know that Biosats makes a good alternative to that. And, I mean, people call it, like, the natural Botox of the industry. So if you're looking for those types of results, I would recommend that one. Another big ingredient to watch out for is sodium lauryl sulfate, and, or otherwise known as sodium laureth sulfate, which is SLS. You'll see that on some bottles. Those can cause skin irritation and trigger allergies, even if you didn't know you had an allergy. And then there's one more after this. But personally, I found that ingredients like linalool and limonene, there's a few others with those same kind of endings that you'd recognize. But mm-hmm. those have been a huge irritant for my skin. That's even like Tata Harper. I can't use that, um, even though that's like a big uh, brand name in the clean beauty industry. I just wouldn't recommend any of those. I, I, just, I don't recommend that brand to other people. I'm not knocking on it, but I would much rather use a, a brand that didn't have to include those ingredients. Um, they use them for just fragrance. And segueing from fragrance, you're definitely going to want to stay away from any products that say they have fragrance in it. Basically, companies use fragrance as a way to hide... Basically, they can put it on there because they can say that it's like proprietary information or in English, if you don't know what proprietary means, like they they can kind of patent that formula as like trade secrets so nobody can copy them. But really, a lot of companies use that. It's like a loophole in the industry, really, for people to hide harmful chemicals without the consumer being able to know. So people will pick that up and think it's safe but it's really it's so many har- like hundreds of harmful ingredients can be in that one technical fragrance ingredient that they, they're, they're listing does that make sense no that makes total sense and i'm so glad that you talked about fragrance as this legal loophole because fragrance is something that like I'm very hyper aware of when I'm buying a new product. There are a lot of things that have fragrance that like totally don't need to have them. And I do have relatively sensitive sins. So if I can avoid fragrance, I will. Um, You know, like we were talking about tampons earlier and there are tampons that have fragrance in them for no reason at all. That's silly. Or the one that always gets me is that I use a witch hazel toner and there's an unscented witch hazel toner. And then they have all of these other scents like lavender, roses, whatever. And... It's just kind of silly because it's all kind of the same product. Um, it's something that's being absorbed exact like right into your pores, yeah. but it doesn't really make sense for 
a witch hazel toner or a tampon or something like that to have fragrance like yeah it already smells good with the I have are you, do you use theirs yeah I do yeah I have the unscented too and I do the alcohol free I mean I, I don't personally understand I was like I, I think the witch hazel unscented already smells good itself like I totally I, agree I, you don't need to be using scented ones on that yeah. And lavender on your skin can be super irritating for a lot of people. If, I mean, if you use it and it doesn't irritate you, you're one of the lucky ones. But yeah, that's unscented is the way you want to go. Yeah. But there are like a lot of brands are able to put, you know, like natural fragrances from the ingredients and, in, you know, in their products. So it's not like you had to go unscented for everything. Like Beauty Counter, again, is a big one that I use and everything smells good. And it's not from like, perfume or fragrance that they put in it it's from like the natural ingredients they include in it you know yeah I'm glad you pointed that out because definitely like not all fragrance is bad and that's not at all what I'm trying to say but you're totally right like there are so many natural things that already smell nice or um natural ingredients that people are including into their products that are already smelling nice so there's not really a reason to think about like artificial fragrances being added for yeah um I forgot to ask you what deodorant do you use I use one, um, the brand is called Jason, actually, and the O has two dots over it. I actually found it at yeah. a TJ Maxx, so I was buying the Schmitz Naturals for a really long time, but then I got, like, some sort of weird rash. I guess I'm getting, like, really personal yeah. here on the podcast, but yeah, I was getting, like, some sort of weird rash out of nowhere. Like, I developed it after months of using the Schmitz Natural yeah. deodorants. I've heard really you know, good things about- that happens for a lot of people, and you know what it is? What? Is, um, the baking soda in it. Is it? Yeah, and I, I don't know why, I can't even begin to explain why it would develop over a long time period. I think it might be, like, that your body finally detoxed from the aluminum, um, from what I've, you know, what I've done my research on. Mm-hmm. Um, isn't that crazy that it takes that long to, that like, is so interesting. on its own? That's so sad, also. That makes me really upset. But, um, yeah, it, I use Schmitz, but I use the sensitive skin one, and mm-hmm. that just, I mean, that formula uses no, um, no baking soda, basically. Interesting. I, I, had, I would always get rashes, too. Interesting. My favorite kind of deodorant, honestly, is um, my mom and my sister always give me a really hard time, but I love those, like, wet deodorants, like those, like, they're the gels. Yeah. I love those. Those are my favorite. And I feel like it's such a strange, like, niche preference in deodorant, in a sense. And I feel like I haven't really found, like, a good wet natural deodorant yet so I'm still like kind of on the hunt and this one I have now is like more of a gel but again yeah Yeah. it's just called Jason and it's from like a TJ Maxx or something because I was having these like crazy rashes and I was just like I need to pick up whatever I can find that doesn't have aluminum in it and I like it fine that brand's like super accessible too I like we have them in like one of the big grocery stores in Texas is H-E-B and they have them in there TJ Maxx and Marshalls have so many good natural brands I've found Yeah, I feel like a lot of my favorite, more natural products I have found from like a TJ Maxx or Marshalls because when I go into a place like even like a Sephora, I'm just a little bit overwhelmed. Like it's so many options. I don't know what I want to pick. I don't know what um, ingredients I can like really sit there and read about with anyone who works in sales. Like I'm so thankful for anyone who wants to help because I'm I'm the kind of customer to like harass someone at like a store because I'm like I need this exact product and this is like exactly what I'm looking for x y and z um harass isn't necessarily the word that I want to use but you know what I mean it's just like I'm so specific about what I'm looking for so when I'm in a tj maxx I feel like I can just like sit there and read all of the boxes and all of the bottles and make sure that I am finding exactly what I want 
Yeah, totally. Uh, and the thing with Sephora is, I mean, they have that new, uh, you know, the new, like, clean beauty list. But, I mean, I've gone through and looked, and there's so many harmful ingredients in a lot of those brands. So I don't trust that Sephora. I, I need to do a post on that, like, showing which brands I think are best on the Sephora clean list because a lot of them have totally harmful products that are terrible for your skin. I'm so glad that you mentioned this new Sephora clean list because the last thing I was going to ask you was if there's any really good helpful resources for people who want to learn more about the products that they're buying or if they're interested in getting into skincare a little bit more or beauty or whatever it might be. So you have so many great resources on your website which I will totally link in the show notes below but I was wondering if you had any other good resources. Um, so the two big ones, okay, the first one that I love is the Environmental Working Group. Um, they have an app, for, or they're, they have like a whole database of ingredients um, and rank them like one to ten. And it's like color coded to like green's good, yellow's like okay, red is bad. And they also like rate the products too. And that's that's my like most, that's my favorite resource. It's, I found it's the most accurate. They don't have, like, every single product ever in that database, but they do have a bunch. And if you're, like, want to search, uh, like, a shampoo or something, they'll give you what their recommendations for what they think is safe. And then if I'm, like, out shopping somewhere and I'm, like, looking at ingredients, I mean, this is, like, pretty tedious, but I can, like... I'll go through every ingredient I don't recognize. I mean, I, I've gotten pretty good at recognizing what numbers correlate to which ingredient, but I'll go through and search every product on their dot or every ingredient on their their database. Um, that is such a good tip. Just to know like a, a general number if, if it's safe or not. Um, and then if people like don't want to do that, I'm I I love doing that. So if you mm-hmm. if you have a product you're wondering about, feel free to DM me, email me. <laughs> I'll totally look it up for you if I don't already know. Another resource is Think Dirty. It's not as accurate as EWG. And it, again, it's going to depend on they deem a bunch of like natural acids as harmful. But I think a lot of those are safe and actually good for your skin. Glycolic acid or salicylic acid, like the AHAs and BHAs that we could have a whole other podcast on those. But for that, you're going to have to look at, like, the ingredients and kind of deem what you feel is safe and what's not. And a lot of the products they rate, they haven't rated, like, all the ingredients in it, so it can be patchy, but it's it's just another good place to start, and they have good recommendations also on there. Yeah, I think that's a really great one. I have the Think Dirty app, and... Um, my favorite thing about it is they have this little feature that yes, you can look up any products that you already have in your home, but if you're out shopping, you can scan the barcode of an item and it will break it down for you. Um, and I found the same thing, like a lot of big brands they don't necessarily have on, but then there are a lot of things that I'm always surprised about of what they rate. Like, um, I have a philosophy face wash and I think that's like 10, it's like everything is rated on a scale of one to 10 and 10 being the most, um, harmful to you. And then I feel like my philosophy face wash is like a seven or something like that, which really shook me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I think Think Dirty is a really interesting resource. But yeah, it's definitely something to take with a grain of salt. But um, yeah. kind of a good guide when you're just out shopping and you're not sure about something. For sure. For sure. At this point, I, I like to order everything online because I know which brands I like and which work for my skin. But yeah, I mean, I do go out and shop too and like to look things up. So yeah, those would be the two that I recommend. Um, and then I'd love to be a resource myself to people too. Yeah. And where can everyone find you? 
Okay, so um, people can find me on my blog Instagram. It's S U R S U B L I M I T E, Sierra Sublimite. And then same spelling, Sierra Sublimite.com. And then my email will be on both of those if you have any questions um, or you can DM me too. Awesome. To answer anything. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for hanging out today and just chatting. This was such a nice way to start my Sunday. I feel so enlightened and like ready to take on so many um, things that my skincare and beauty routine are going to throw at me today. Me too, for sure. (laughs) And I'm inspired to write a blog post on that Sephora clean beauty list too. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode, All About Clean Beauty. I truly feel so enlightened and I feel like I've awoken to so many things going on in my cosmetic bag or even just at the drugstore or at a Sephora or whatever it might be. So I'm really, really excited to continue the conversation and continue using all of these great resources that Hallie has suggested for us. And if you are interested in connecting with her, reading her blog, um, following her on Instagram, whatever it might be, I will have all of Hallie's links down in the show notes. And she is a really great wealth of knowledge, as I said. So I hope that today's conversation gave you a little bit of insight on the clean beauty industry and also just how it could work for you. At the end of every episode of Eco Chic, we have been answering listener questions. So I'm really excited today to be talking about Christmas and gift giving and the holiday season. So actually two episodes ago, I did a whole episode all about just like turkeys, leftovers, how to gift, things of the sort. And today's question is actually about gift wrap. So I did touch on that a little bit in that episode, but I want to go ahead and talk a little bit more about it today. So the deal with gift wrap is basically that most wrapping papers are not recyclable at all. So think about the shiny wrapping papers. Those are totally not recyclable. But a wrapping paper that you could recycle is brown craft paper, or it's called masking paper if you buy it from like a Home Depot or another home improvement store like that. And I'm really a big fan of those brown wrapping papers. I think they're just really chic and like farmhouse-ish, like very Joanna Gaines. But also on the topic of wrapping, you can think about wrapping things with Um, newspaper, which I've been given gifts wrapped in newspaper before, and they've been really, really cute. Just you put a little bow on it and twine or whatever it might be. But you can also think about reusable gift bags. So just a, you know, a stereotypical bag that you might find at the store, a Christmas bag, but also there's a lot of cloth bags with drawstrings. I know growing up, um, my parents had these really big drawstring bags that we would use every year. If you got some sort of like really large toy, they would put them in the same bags every year. You can also think about just wrapping things in a cloth or like a handkerchief type um, fabric. And I think those are always really cute too if you learn how to tie them with just any like Pinterest tutorial or whatever it might be. That's a great route to go. Um, There's a lot of really great, insightful, creative ways that you can give a gift. So another one that I love is a basket. So I'll buy a basket like at a TJ Maxx or a craft store or whatever it might be. Or I feel like for some reason growing up, I always had so many baskets lying around. Like my friends were really into giving things in baskets. Um, But a basket is something that you can reuse, especially if it's something a little bit taller that you can use to just like put knickknacks in. And then the gift you put inside could be like a candle or something really useful. So yeah, so that's just like my two cents worth on the gift wrapping situation. I think there's a lot of ways that you can think about gift wrapping without wasting too much paper or even just producing too much trash in general. So gift giving is important to think about from a perspective of how can I buy something, you know, local, sustainable, artisan made, um, you know, whatever it might be, low carbon footprint, or even just gifts to give a friend to live more sustainably. Like if you want to give beeswax wraps or those reusable grocery bags or whatever it might be, those are really obvious sustainability gifts. And I would love to write a little 
um, blog post on good sustainable gift ideas if that's something that you're interested in. But today I'm really hoping that the idea of gift wrapping is something that you think a little bit more consciously about this holiday season. That is it for today's episode of Eco Chic. If you enjoyed this episode, please go ahead and leave me a review and leave me a rate wherever it is that you like to listen to podcasts. That's how people find the podcast and that's how we can continue to grow and educate people and just grow this community. And I'm so, so thankful for all of y'all. If you've received a sticker from me in the mail, please go ahead and leave a rate and review. Um, It's literally the least you can do. And if you want a sticker, please go ahead and DM me on Instagram and you can find me at Laura E. Diaz, D-I-E-Z, or at Eco Chic Podcast. And both of those are always down below. Um, You can also email me, Laura at LauraEDS.com, which is also always written in the show notes. And otherwise, I hope you guys have a really great week. I'll see you on Tuesday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.